0: Hello! Indeed, it has been a while. I am Paul, and this is the Now Dhammapada podcast uh, released on the Substack platform. So this podcast uh, is basically me reading... From my manuscript, which is an interpretation of translations of the Dhammapada, as explained and read in previous episodes, and we're at the point now where we're actually getting in to the Dhammapada proper. So we've gone past the intro, and so. I, you know, I had some difficulty um, with a, pr- a previous attempts at recording this episode. That's why it's been a while. So I'm going to just immediately move into um, what will be the likely format of the following podcast, which is me giving a very short intro like I just gave <laughs> and then uh, reading the verse and then explaining Um The the verse a bit beyond um, the actual text, which you'll of course find in in the accompanying Substack publication of this podcast. So we are at chapter one. Paired extremes, paired. That's P as in Papa. A I R. E-D. Paired Extremes, verse 1. Now, heart-mind precedes all experience. Heart-mind leads all experience. All experience is heart-mind molded. If with a disturbed heart-mind we speak or act, discontent follows, like the back wheels follow the front wheels of an earthbound vehicle. And so there you have uh, the first opening verse of uh, the Dhammapada. Now, this opening verse is good in many respects relative to explaining my sort of interpretation of the translations of the Dhammapada. Um, Just a reminder, you know, English is my primary language, so what I am doing is, you know, writing an English version, contemporized, based upon other English versions that have been translated. And there are literally a dozen Dhammapada out there uh, and more in English. Um, and they're all quite different and um, at times uh, strikingly different. And so my attempts with this podcast and, and the accompanying manuscript that is basically uh, being worked with, one episode, podcast at a time, uh, verse by verse, um, is a a very, you know, now version of the Dhammapada. So what is good about this first episode is this concept that's really central to a lot of the um, thought, a lot of the Understanding a lot of the teaching of the historical Buddha. And the term is heart mind. Now I spell it um, as one word. You'll find heart mind out there um, hyphenated, you know, heart hyphen mind. But I've chosen just to make it one word for a, a number of reasons. The best one, though, is simplicity. So heart mind is. The reality that our mind, our intellectual mind, our cognitive mind, is one with our so called emotional being. They're not separate. And this is really central to uh, much of the thought represented in the Dhammapada. And in fact, it's quite a common idea in a lot of Eastern as opposed to Western um, understandings of. Humans, you know, and it makes so much sense, really. You know, our sort of um, division that came along with the Enlightenment between this idea of intellect and emotional heart-like qualities—that sort of division—is is really a, a conceptual um, idea, and it's really kind of not helpful in a lot of respects in terms of understanding. Um, What is going on moment to moment when we move through this world? You know, we have a heart, we have a mind, we have emotional currents, we have intellectual currents that are um, enmeshed with each other. And so there's this term, heart-mind. And again, uh, reading this first verse, paired extremes, now, Heart-mind precedes all experience. Really central. This is the opening of the Dhammapada. What this is um, pointing out is that the sort of uh, reality of our being and our encounter with the world has this activity sort of in front of it, or before it, let us say, you have these concepts, you have these emotional sort of states that are with you before, for example, you encounter an orange or an apple. You see the orange, you see the apple, and you have a heart-mind quality state, um, you might call it a storehouse of associations with this object before you encounter it. Now, the before, let's keep it really in the um, kind of the grounded world. You know, at some point in your very young development, these formations, these associations are sort of set. So I'm not talking about um, heart, mind as existing and lives before your present one. Some people will absolutely interpret things that way um, and very much um, make a point to point. All experience. The second sentence of this uh, first opening verse is, all experience is heart, mind, molded. Now, that's a, a follow-on to this idea so it's not like you have preconceived notions of an orange and they don't change absolutely they change so when you encounter that that orange most recently you might notice that oh wow there there's a strange shape in in the orange itself and so then you have now this new idea this new concept or there's this new possibility encountered and realized that, oh, sometimes the orange is shaped um, unexpectedly, right? And so that second sentence, all experience is heart-mind molded, is, is kind of pointing to that reality that you have a storehouse. The storehouse precedes the encounter, but then the encounter Uh, affects the storehouse and you know adds, takes away you can talk about it many different ways but it it affects your um, sort of preconceived notions but the the crucial part of this is that your heart your mind precedes the encounter with some sort of uh, history okay The third sentence of this verse, if with a disturbed heart-mind we speak or act, discontent follows like the back wheels follow the front wheels of the earth-bound vehicle. Now Now there is a lot, lot in that third final sentence of this opening verse. If with a disturbed heart-mind, so our present state, if it's not peaceful, if it's not easeful, if it's disturbed, um, we will then speak or act in such a way that further disturbance, further discontent will follow. Now, this is like very logical, right? And, you know, is it absolute? I would say no in one sense, but in another sense, well, it's lawful, right? So, for example, if if you're angry, if you're disturbed, right, and you then speak to someone, that anger, that disturbance will kind of follow through in the words, maybe in the action. Kind of makes sense, right? Um, Now, you could say that, oh, right, you were disturbed, you were angry, and that has passed. Well, okay, then, that has passed. That is a a different situation. But if the sort of the proximity of the words and the action are um, basically right with the disturbance, then what you say and act will will further that disturbance, will further that discontent. And this next bit of this last sentence, like the back wheels follow the front wheels of an earthbound vehicle. Discontent follows like the back wheels follow the front wheels of an earthbound vehicle so this is really um pointing to the the lawful logical um nature of this now an earthbound vehicle what does that mean and where does that come well that is me now as i said this opening verse is really good in kind of pointing out a number of the the features of the form (laughs) um, of this Dhammapada. Some words I have taken from um, the various translations and, you know, interpreted them in such a way as to bring them up to date. So for example, earthbound vehicle in many um, interpretations of the Dhammapada, that is, uh, listed or written as a chariot. you know, So a chariot might be an object of transportation you're familiar with conceptually. It's doubtful that you've actually seen a chariot and nevertheless actually been in a chariot. Um, but a chariot was a, a means of getting around, you know, back, Back in the day of the historical Buddha, 2,500 years ago, you know, a chariot was, you could think of it as a, a two-wheeled cart. You know, it could be pulled by different types of animals. It could be pulled by humans. So you could sit in the chariot and, um, you know, be carried along, right? And so the chariot, you know, there's, there's I've seen, Myself, different versions of chariots, and, and probably the most common chariot that I've seen rendered is just two wheels, one on each side. So there's not a front and a back. But in this uh, quotation from the Dhammapada, this interpretation from the Dhammapada, it's more like a um, like a car where there's a set of wheels up front and a set of wheels out back. So there were chariots of that sort too, and. If the front wheel goes in one direction, it is lawful that the back wheels go in a very similar direction. I mean, they're attached in essence. And that is kind of pointing to the, the kind of the train in the previous part of the verse. Whereas if your state of mind is disturbed, then your actions and words that follow will be disturbed. It's, it's that lawful it's that lawful that said um again i want to kind of point out you know chariot is the common interpretation and translation um but i've chosen to go with earthbound vehicle to kind of underscore right from the get-go that i am interpreting translations contemporizing uh, i'm not a stickler for sticking to words uh, i do not Uh, believe or have any reason to believe that the the words are sacred in that way. Um, The concepts are very um, important, and I do believe that by bringing um, sort of contemporary notions and uh, sort of language to the concepts, we have a much better chance of relating This has been the Now Dhammapada podcast. I am Paul. Of course, you want to check in the notes for the written version of what it is I've been talking about. You know, you take it in by listening and you'll gain an understanding. um, But reading provides yet another mode of understanding. And of course, this is really a podcast based on a a written history of translations interpretations and that's what we'll continue to do episode by episode um as i mentioned there was some difficulty getting this episode in play uh, and trying to get the substack system to work really simply for me but we're, we're on that that road as it will be and uh Hope to get an episode out on a weekly basis. Take care.